0: If they were picking first, they would have taken Ikeaquanu. And when you think that way of a guy, of course he's going to end up in the starting lineup. You know, whatever steps you needed to go through, this was always going to be the destination. And now one of the things I'm most curious to see is how he and Brady grow together. It's
1: time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour Podcast. I am Kristen Balboni and our good buddy Will can't be here with us this week, but I have got our expert writers, Darren Gant and Augusta Stone here. We are all in Foxborough. We have just seen the first of two joint practices and we are here to give you all of the details. Hi Darren and Augusta. It's a busy day, but I'm so glad that we can do this together.
0: Yeah, so many things. All of the things are happening at once, and we're here.
2: Exactly, but it's a good time. It's a fun time. It's it's a short time because the time goes by so quickly, but it's, it's fun. Happy to be here.
1: <laughs> we are about to dive in, get straight into it, because we know Panthers fans have a lot of questions, but Augusta I mean you you have done I mean you have just hit the ground running in terms of being one of our our newest employees your stories are amazing and you've already been on this is already your second road trip in like three days so how's it going for you so far.
2: It's going great. You know, I was telling Darren the other day, I think I've spent more time on the road than I have in my own apartment that I've had for about a month in Charlotte. But, you know, it's so much fun. I'm getting to go to all these places I haven't been before and I'm loving it. Thank you so much. I hope uh, all the readers are enjoying what I get to write. I know I am enjoying writing it.
1: (laughs) And I know when you're talking about places that you love going, that you haven't been there before. I mean, Spartanburg's obviously at the top of the list, right? And then we're then D.C., Boston will have to let you see how it all goes in terms of where everything ranks but I mean I'm right about that right Darren
0: oh yeah no question Spartanburg is in fact the center of the universe we (laughs) established that a long time ago for the Panthers Um, no doubt yeah but you know we're actually out seeing the world now too so eh, this week's always fascinating anytime you throw another team in the mix for a couple of days it always gets a little more exciting
2: Yes.
1: And just, you know, if you are listening to this podcast, I'm sure you already know this. So forgive me. But just to set the scene of what we were doing up here in New England, uh, the Panthers, we just had the first preseason game on, uh, God, what day was that? Um, Time is a construct. Was that Friday? Was that Saturday? It was Friday. It was Saturday. (laughs) See, guys, I have no idea what today is. The first preseason game on Saturday against the Commanders. Day off on Sunday. We are here in New England, Monday through Friday, two joint practices, the first being today, the second being tomorrow. And this is much like last year, if everyone remembers. It's like the it's like the starters preseason games. We are seeing the ones take a lot of reps against the Patriots ones. We are figuring a lot out. And we had some questions answered today, which is what we're going to dive into, but we also had some questions that were not answered today. So without further ado, let's play a little game of what did we learn and what didn't we learn after the first joint practice with the Patriots. So Augusta, I want to start with you. What did we learn today?
2: Alrighty, so basically, we learned that the current plan moving forward as of right now is for uh, the first round draft pick, Icky Aquanu, to be the starting left tackle or get most of the reps with the ones. That is something Matt Rule confirmed for us. I'm sure he was mentioning it. We have, he's been asked ad nauseum, you know, when will he slot in with the ones? When will he be there permanently? And he said, moving forward, that is the plan. I had a chance to speak with Icky after practice and you could tell that he was super excited to be getting his reps with the ones. He told me that he felt like he had earned his role He's been learning the system. He's been being mentored by people like Taylor Moten and Pat Elfline, and he's kind of taken it all in. He's feeling a lot more comfortable. And he's also, you know, doing – he's taking his reps beside Brady Christensen at left guard, so they moved him over from left tackle. He had been taking those those reps with the ones before they slid Icky in. But Matt Rule told us, he said he wanted to see Icky in a game scenario. So they had the commander's game. They liked what they saw and they moved them over. So in as of right now, the current plan is for Icky to be taking those reps. So we did learn that. And a lot of people were excited to at least be figuring out something about offensive personnel right now, because there's plenty of questions still there. But as of right now, Icky Aquanu is in that left tackle spot.
1: Yeah. And Darren, you and I were standing there together watching this practice today and in watching those before Matt rule confirmed, which was after practice in his press conference, you know, we were sitting there and I was like, is this the configuration you've seen throughout the entire practice? And we knew it was just a matter of time, Darren, but it feels good to have something like that confirmed. And as Augusta said, it feels good for Icky. I think it feels good for the fans as well.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's a pretty big step for the team too because from the moment they drafted him and, and go back to April or May or what month was it really? It, uh, I don't even know years, what
1: day it is. So I'm uh, no hundred no, no years help
0: ago here. in April. Um, this was the top rated player on their board if they were picking first they would have taken Icky Aquano and when you think that way of a guy of course he's going to end up in the starting lineup and it was just a matter of time and you know whatever steps you needed to go through this was always going to be the destination and, and now one of the things I'm most curious to see is how he and Brady grow together because in camp it was you know Brady is the first left tackle Icky is the second one then when Icky would start sometimes it was with Brady sometimes it was with Michael Jordan I, I think inevitably or eventually it's going to be Icky and Brady. And and so a couple of young guys being able to grow together in those two jobs gives it a chance. I keep going back because I'm 100 years old to Jordan Gross, Treville Wharton. And, And once those two set up shop next to each other, it just kind of went next level. And that was when the Panthers had some of their best offensive lines in franchise history. So I I will find out. Time will tell if these two guys turn into those two guys. But first-round pick, third-round pick, guys who can both play left tackles, setting up shop next to each other, there are a lot of parallels there. And I'll be looking forward to seeing whether it actually turns into one of those or more. I mean, Iki Aquanu is a talented guy. You can see out on the practice field in Spartanburg or against the Patriots, when he hits people, they move. So this is good news, getting his physicality on the field and kind of eliminating that unknown that had existed prior to today.
1: And Darren, I know this is something that you and I talked about when Icky was drafted, and I'm guessing, I'm sure it came from Jordan Gross. So I know it was a former player who said the best thing you can do for a young guy uh, in that tackle role is find him his partner, find him his person beside him and keep them together. Do you think Brady Christensen is that guy?
0: Probably so. Probably so. The Here's a weird thing about the Carolina Panthers right now. They have options yes. on offensive line.
1: We feels so not, good to say that, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. I'm. What day is it really? <laughs> Where are we? What city are we in? Uh, the Carolina Panthers have offensive linemen, plural, um that are capable. So last year was a little bit of a challenge, as everybody knows. 14 starting lineups, 17 games, never really the same guys for any stretch of of time at all. And not all of them as good as the ones they're picking through now. And and they've got guys now who are gonna make the 53 who started last year who are competing for backup roles. And that's that's good news. That's nothing against those individual guys, but um when you think about people who were being counted on as starters, now they're fighting for backup jobs because they've upgraded around them. And that's a, that's a better situation across the board for whoever ends up behind center.
1: And, and I would just say that, you know, it, that those 14 different configurations in the 17 games last year were a lot due to injuries. Um, you know, there's just, that was just, could not be helped. It felt like it was changing due to injuries every single week, but Darren Augusta, uh, may never know a time in which the offensive line changed every single
0: <laughs> <laughs> She was you know? the harbinger of good news.
1: She was a <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, and an incredible job by Augusta talking to Icky right after we found out the news, and that uh, piece is on panthers.com. So definitely go there for for all of the details. So, So that's what we did learn, and that's a huge thing to learn. Iaquano is snug in his place at left tackle. All Panthers fans can be happy about that. But Darren, what's one thing we didn't learn today at joint practice?
0: <laughs> we didn't learn who the starting quarterback was going to be. That is the uh, truth. That, that's one thing they've held off on that one, and and, and you can kind of see. I mean, today Baker Mayfield got a lot of um, a lot of time in two minute stuff. Threw a couple of nice balls to Tommy Trimble. Hit Christian McCaffrey deep on one um ball to dj yeah huh? the deep ball to That's, dj yeah. on the other end of the field where dj kind of had to come back to it and make a contested catch but doing dj more things and so you you're seeing a lot more baker mayfield that thing's not final yet but you know i i think most people can t- sort of see the direction it might be pointing in but and I'll be honest and this is not because we work for the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold's been better this off season. I mean, there are moments where you look at Sam and say I know why people want to continue to give Sam chances or continue to keep him around and and Sam has been a fantastic teammate. I mean, he's been supportive. When Baker makes a play, he's back at the huddle fist pumping and, and that kind of thing. But, I, you know, we'll we'll see whenever they make a decision uh, for the long term. And it'll be curious to see what they do Friday night um, because I, I get a feeling that we're going to see a lot more of other people uh, on Friday because that's the thing about these joint practices. They can get controlled work. They hadn't seen a lot of Baker in two minutes. So Rule gets together with Bill Belichick and says, hey, let's do three segments of two minutes. Yes. Or, and you can get that concentrated work without worrying about getting your quarterback killed in a live game. And you can see exactly what you want to see. And that's why these practices are good, you know, at times for probably better than games during the preseason for these teams as they're trying to sort things out.
1: And it's it's great for the Patriots, too, because they're trying to figure out what they have on defense. So, as as you said, it's a good for both parties. There's no doubt about it. And to what you were just saying, Darren, about both of those guys being great sports, you know, I talked to both quarterbacks at Fan Fest and after the first preseason game. Well, it, during the first preseason game, after they were both finished with their respective series. And uh, as you said, they both genuinely seem to just really like each other root for each other, understand that the competition is within themselves, but it will be interesting to see, as you said, it was almost a 50 50 today. It felt like, and of course, during the preseason game they, you know, they said, we're going to get this, this amount of snaps for each guy. We want to see what they can do. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that continues tomorrow, Augusta, Darren, do you guys think that we're going to still see the exact split down the middle tomorrow as well? Would you be surprised if it
2: started to lean more one way than the other? I feel like we're going to see it be the 50-50 until we're told otherwise. The only thing mm. that leads me to believe that we might see more of one than the other is a couple of weeks ago in Spartanburg, we were told that this was the week that, you know, tentatively that they might think about potentially naming someone. Nothing was set in stone, but it was yes. the one that they floated. They go Patriots week, you know, we kind of like to know, but I mean, personally, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of the 50-50 split, um, especially like Darren said, since on Friday, specifically, you probably won't see a ton of Baker and Sam. Um, I feel like in these practices, they'll they'll keep it kind of even to, I don't know, if, uh, just continue to evaluate, figure out, see what they want to see. Like Darren said, they're seeing different defenses right now and they are seeing more of what they want to see without the risk of getting them hurt in, um, you know, a game situation, like he said. So there's a, there's a lot of reasons. I I personally don't think they'll start showing a lot of somebody until they tell us. (laughs) A great
1: point. Yeah. We'll probably know before we see it on the practice field. It's a a great point by Augusta. Um, All right, Darren, what else did we, we learn at today's joint practice.
0: We we learn that if you have a joint practice in August, people are going to
1: fight. Yes. <laughs> um,
0: that's that's kind of a given. I mean, it was that way last year in Indianapolis. Uh, it was this way this morning out there in Foxborough, and it um, you know it's kind of a ride of summer. That's it's always the case. Every time you get a bunch of people together, a bunch of alphas who are trying to show off, and you know one thing I, I do think the Panthers. We were talking to Jeremy Chan about it after practice. They are trying to force a lot of turnovers, so the DBs are getting in there trying to rip the ball out maybe the Patriots took exception with some of that, maybe some, you know, but there were a couple good scrums and, and there were people and it wasn't all of one team or the other, you know, who got hot. Uh, there were some punches thrown around the fringes of that thing, but they kind of, you know, Ruhl and Belichick talked about it. They said, Hey, if guys fight, we're going to get them out of here. And, you know, Kenny Robinson got sent out early and Phil Hoskins got sent out early and a couple of Patriots receivers yeah. uh, left and caught an early shot hour after that one so uh those are the kind of things that are always going to happen they're a little bit inevitable when you get all these guys together but uh it it was interesting to me that you know for a a pretty good chunk of practice it was like oh god what's about to happen these guys are going to throw down but after that it kind of they sort of refocus and and listen the panthers defense is kind of an intense bunch anyway Mm -hmm. you got a bunch of dudes over there Frankie Louvu's firing everybody up and making picks. So when he makes a play, everybody's excited. J.C. Horn's just one of those guys. I think the kids say he has a dog inside of him or something. He would say
1: that. He said that to me the day he yeah. got drafted. Yeah, yeah, he would own that and, and want to be referred to that way.
0: So, you know, I mean, that's just kind of the way these guys are. So there's going to be some of that. But that was definitely mostly on the field where the Panthers defense and the Patriots offense was. So I, I think that's not for nothing. File that one away, too.
1: I, I think so. And, you know, I had someone text me and say, oh, you know, I heard it got chippy out on the field. You know, There were not cameras allowed in the team period. So, you know, either there were Patriots fans there, or a few Panthers fans made their way up, but people are asking. And I think Darren is making a good point, which is, you know, if you see that tweeted out or whatnot, it really not to minimize it because you don't want anyone throwing punches. You don't want anyone to get hurt, but it I does do. feel like if you're having a joint practice, like Darren said in August, you know, there's gonna be a, uh, some chippiness. There's gonna be there's gonna be some guys running from the opposite field to see what's going on and if they need to jump in. And I don't think it necessarily means anything. I don't think that it's gonna lead to anything bigger. It just feels like Darren said it's like a rite of passage. I would not be surprised if we see a, you know another little dust up tomorrow. And as long as everyone stays safe, it's it does feel like just part of the new uh, the new uh, thing, which joint practices. You know, temp- tempers are running high. Both sides want to, to protect their guys and, and that's what we get. You know? All right, uh, Augusta, round us out here. so we've we need to know one more thing that we did not learn from joint practices today.
2: One more thing, and I think it's it's a good thing, like we were talking about with the offensive line depth, but there are a ton of really quality wide receivers, and there's not a ton of roster space. When we make the cut down to 53, somebody's going to be left out, and I think what we're seeing is there are a lot of people that just keep flashing and flashing and kind of people that you think about more on the bubble. The person that I wanted to talk about the most was Shai Smith because we saw him – we saw him um, in Washington against the Commanders. Uh-huh. saw him with Baker. Their connection is excellent. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, anytime you know, he has the ball coming toward him, he's going to come down with it. And he's not, you know, one of the people that like pops up in your head first, you know, he's not your Robbie Anderson, or your DJ Moore, but he's there. And he and Baker already have that chemistry about him. And then we saw it again today. The same thing with Shai Smith, you know, whenever he's going to make a play, he's going to make a play. And to me, I feel like he's one of those guys that a lot of people are excited about. You know, he's a Carolina kid. Went to South Carolina, which um was a team that I covered before I came here. So I have a lot of people I know that are excited and always asking about him. He's popular and he's he's doing a good job. He's had a real good camp. Um, he's not the only one. I think Rashard Higgins is another one who he just he also has a Baker connection. They both played at the Browns. So um, but there's just there's a lot of people in that room. CJ Saunders was having an amazing camp before he got hurt, um, and now he's kind of a non-factor just because he's hurt, but there's so many guys on that roster. I mean, the depth is, the depth is wild. And when they make that cut, it's going to be, you know, interesting to see where they draw the line, who they end up carrying and, and who they end up, uh, who they end up getting rid of or uh, parting ways with. Yeah.
0: yeah. number Numbers games there is going to be fascinating because generally six wide receivers is what they'll carry in their regular season. And you figure, OK, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, those three are going to be on the team. Then you've got Andre Roberts, who's only one of the best returners in the NFL, who they signed specifically for that purpose. There's four. OK, now there's two spots left. You got a Brandon Zilstra, who's a core special teamer, shy. Higgins you know again you feel bad for C.J. Saunders but he was right in that mix before he gets hurt you wonder what's going to happen with him now so you start talking about a couple of guys for three or four guys for two or three jobs and you you wonder what's going to happen I mean there are things that do happen on the course of field during training camp and preseason games obviously that changes the calculus on this but yeah figuring out who those five or six receivers are going to be and it might be five because they are keeping an extra quarterback this year so you got to find that roster spot somewhere and it's going to be interesting to see where it comes from
1: Darren if you were the GM would you go with five or six I know Five. that that I know that's not in a vacuum because then you got to take that spot from somewhere else. But it feels to me like you, you, like you said, you just pared down that list. Right, It feels like six is the
0: number. But right. when I start thinking oh. about when I start thinking about how you fill out special teams, and you know, again, you see yep. Higgins and Shy making all these plays where the Carolina Panthers have been special teams-wise without a Brandon Zilstra, and not just as a backup kicker, Um, just all the roles he plays. He's a four-team special teams guy, and you've got to have some of those. So that's going to be one of the evaluations, not just of the receivers, but of the backup linebackers and backup DBs over the next couple weeks, because Chris Tabor is going to need some guys who are also on this roster for that reason. So that's why this thing's a lot more complicated than I think a lot of people think. Because you you can't you can't take away a Zilstra just because he might not have the same offensive potential as a Higgins or a Shia Smith.
1: It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of putting together the puzzle, and I I don't envy <laughs> uh, the decision makers in that one. I, I want to go rapid fire through a few things, Darren. Can you give us some injury updates? What we've learned in terms of how people are looking. I think on the one hand, let's start with that. J.C. Horn looks good today and that's a good thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. good news is J.C. keeps doing a little bit more and a little bit more every day and they have to pull him out of drills. He's not supposed to be in. J.C. keeps trying to sneak onto the field. Um, He is back. That is good. Terrace Marshall's working his way back. Uh, You saw him in and out a little bit today. Shy Smith, uh, may have fallen on a football got the wind knocked out of him or something so he was out for a little bit I think the one we got to keep an eye on for the next couple of days is Bradley Bozeman he went down and they were looking at his ankle foot leg area um, and he stood up and took a few steps and was just sort of standing there And we thought okay well Bradley's okay and then they bring yeah. the card out to haul him off so it's like is Bradley okay or not and we haven't really gotten an update on him but um uh, he's a key part. I mean, he's a guy who could have he could potentially end up starting at center. Uh, he is at least a solid depth, the guy who has started both at guard and center over the last three years for the Ravens. Um, so at the moment, you know, it would, if he's out for any amount of time, it would be Pat Elfline in the middle, um, more than likely, but they've got options. I mean, again, we'll see how Bradley is and hope for the best for him. Um, but you know, they've got Pat, they've got Cade Mays is a guy who has looked good in training camp and, has that kind of multi-position flexibility that coaches love in back All
1: five, in fact. He's yeah. played all five positions yeah, on the line in college.
0: He, he played left tackle at Tennessee, but I think he's probably a four-position guy. I don't see him playing left tackle in the NFL. He may not have that kind of ability to get out against speed rushers, but he's a big physical guy, and they think he could play center. Some, too, could play guard, could play right tackle. So, I mean, a versatile guy, and those are the ones you need.
1: It's great to have uh, depth as we talked about at the beginning. And quickly, I I know that we've all got to go. You guys have articles to write, but I want to go back to what feels like a million years ago, but was just a couple of days ago was the preseason game, the first preseason game. We've talked a lot about the starters, a lot about the ones in this podcast, but I want to go back to some of the things that we saw in that game. And specifically, I wanted to ask you guys about uh, Matt Corral. You know, Darren, I know it's it's yeah. probably not the it's probably not the debut he wanted to have. And what did you take away from what we saw of him in his brief time out there?
0: Matt Corral authored the weirdest game winning drive ever. Um, The man completed one of 11 passes in his first preseason game. Uh, it didn't look great always, but I tell you, it was kind of weird. I think the Washington Commanders were really interested in winning the first game as the Washington Commanders because they got in the middle of the fourth quarter. And they were down a couple touchdowns, and they started blitzing. Like they the did, preseason.
1: yeah. People don't do that in the preseason. For that Jack Del Rio defense started to look like a regular season. Yeah, Jack started team there.
0: Yeah, Jack started taking this seriously all of a sudden, and um, I, I don't think they were anticipating that, and and it wasn't a great situation for Matt to be successful in. But the, I, I tell you, I mean, and it's maybe we're putting too fine a point on this, but there was that moment where Matt gets his helmet pulled off of his head His kind of neck was twisted around at an odd angle. I'm, you know, we're all glad a he's okay. But when he got his helmet pulled off his head, he continues to look downfield to make a play. And not everybody does that. A lot of people get their helmet jerked off. They're going to be tucking and covering and trying he to was mad him.
1: that the ref threw the flag because he right. was I were like, Hey, that's no, you cannot do that in a game. Right. I thought that was a nice moment for him. Of course, you want him to first thing is be okay. Yeah. But Augusta, didn't you? I mean, I thought that was a really cool moment for he's such a competitor that he was like I don't care if I know that the play is about to be stopped I'm still gonna try to do something
2: well exactly it's like Darren mentioned earlier you know he got that dog in him that's what everyone was saying and it's true I mean that's what he showed you know I mean regardless of the stat line like Darren said he did technically lead that the weirdest drive you'll ever see win a game but he he showed that you know he's he's locked in he's doing his best he had his rookie moments he looks like a rookie but he doesn't look scared he actually looks quite the opposite when you have something like that happen you're still locked in the way that he was and those photos that the AP got are so good Mm -hmm. just just you see that that the potential is there and I think that's why a lot of people are excited about him even if it wasn't necessarily statistically performance wise the best debut in the world he showed that he had potential and that he has confidence and I I hope it you know just keeps him going and doesn't um you know just keeps growing on that I think I think there's a lot to Grow from.
0: And and as we learned in Panthers Confidential, he can jump rope effectively, even with size 15 feet.
2: (laughs) It really is
1: impressive. You know, I did ask Ben McAdoo, I said, who has the all-time record? If anyone doesn't know, you'll see it in Panthers Confidential. Ben McAdoo starts out his his drills with his quarterbacks every practice doing different footwork drills, different um, you know, things with their hands. And the thing that he always says is have them at jump rope. And you can really see just how much better all of them are than I've ever been at jumping rope when you watch them. And um, I said, look, who, how long have you been doing this? So McAdoo told me he's been doing this since 2003. He would not tell me who the best jump roper is, but he said all the quarterbacks know it and they are all coming for some record. So guys, I might have to enlist you to help me find out who it is in what whatever it is that they're trying to get to. Okay. That's our assignment for the We next will commit a show. journalism. We will absolutely do that. Well, guys, this has been great. You know, it's fun. We were just all down there eating together and we've all been up in our rooms talking. So I'm glad I get to see you almost pretty much you know, every second of the day while we're on these, uh, while we're on these trips. Um, get to peek into your hotel rooms. Darren, yours looks great. Augusta, yours looks great, very tidy. I appreciate it. <laughs> We are having a great time um, and I'll see you guys at dinner in like just a few minutes, okay?
0: It's gonna be great. It's one of my favorite parts of the preseason. It's, uh, we're away from home a lot. But we are I mean, we're doing the same thing teams do. This digital department's better today than it was four weeks ago because we're all in the same foxhole together working and creating content all day, all night. It's, it's inconvenient sometimes. The logistics are a challenge, but we're also better at, as a team coming out of it from our standpoint uh, as well as a team. Same way. I yeah. love it.
1: Absolutely. We got Augusta, our star rookie up here, taking the first team reps and we love it. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us on the Happy Half Hour.